Hey, this is Bailey, and welcome to the Divine Knowing Podcast. Thank you once again for listening in. So this week, we're going to be chatting about how we are created to hear the voice of God. And I love the Lord's voice. When I felt his invitation to do a podcast on his voice, it's honestly overwhelming because the subject of his voice is so massive because it's such a big part of who God is that I was like, wow, like how in the world am I going to discuss your voice, Lord, in a way that does you justice? So what I think I'm going to do is split this up into parts. So this will be part one of three. And what I felt led to do for this one was, like I said, highlight the fact that we are created to hear his voice. And as new creations, as ones that are born of God, born of the Spirit of God, it is a foundational part of who we are that we hear God's voice. When we are in union with God, His voice will touch every area of our life. It's meant to. His voice is meant to be a reality that we live in. It's meant to be our reality and to shape how we see the world, It's meant to literally create the world that we live in. We were created by the voice of God. Like it talks about in Genesis, the whole universe was created by his voice. His voice carries his very nature. It carries his presence. Jesus is known as the word of God. And the voice of God brings us direction because he's our good shepherd. It brings us correction because he's our kind father and we need disciplining as we're being shaped into the sons and daughters that we're meant to be and along those same lines the voice of God changes us from the inside out when we truly receive his voice and what he speaks over us it helps conform us into the image of Christ hearing his words and putting them into practice are a big part of the renewal of the mind that leads to a transfigured life where we begin to be like Jesus in character, in nature, and in the fruit of our lives. The fruit of our lives becomes the fruit of the Spirit. The voice of God has this power to transform us because His words are spirit and they are life. So there is creative grace Like it talks about in Luke 4 that they were so amazed by the gracious words that were coming from Jesus's mouth, meaning that his words were grace-filled. And grace is God's empowerment, his empowering presence to actually live out the life that God has called you to live, to step into your identity as the beloved, to step into your identity as a child of God. So his words are spirit and they are life. And therefore the implication is if we are living disconnected from the voice of God, then we are disconnected from life because true life is only found in his voice. But thankfully we are created to hear his voice. And I felt as I was preparing this that there are some of you listening who have maybe believed the lie that you don't hear God's voice or it's difficult to hear or He only speaks to a select few, but I really hope 
my my goal that the takeaway from this podcast would simply be to encourage you that you can hear him he is so close he is the word so he loves to speak he's always speaking he's never stopped speaking if holy spirit lives within you he has a lot to say he's with you every moment of every day so that is the that is my my prayer that you would catch God's invitation to hear his voice in a deeper way. And I felt the Lord lead me to John 10. And I'm going to read a good chunk of scripture as I love to do. So just hang hang in there with me. I'm going to jump around a little bit, but I'm mostly going to stick to the red letters, what Jesus said, because that's the good stuff. So I'm going to read the whole thing and then unpack it. So this is John 10 starting in verse 1. Jesus is speaking to the Pharisees here, and he says, Very truly I tell you, Pharisees, anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate, but climbs in some other way is a thief and a robber. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls out his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Jesus used this figure of speech, but the Pharisees did not understand what he was telling them. Therefore Jesus said again, Very truly I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me, just as the Father knows me and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice, and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. The reason my Father loves me is that I lay my life down only to take it up again. Okay, I'm going to jump ahead to verse 27. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all. No one can snatch them out of my Father's hand. I and the Father are one. Okay, so the first few verses I would like to highlight out of this passage are verse 4 and verse 14 and 15. So verse four says that the sheep follow the good shepherd because they know his voice. And in verse 14, it says that I know my sheep and my sheep know me just as the father knows me and I know the father. The knowing that it talks about here, I believe has two parts. There is something in us that was designed, that just knows the voice of God. We are 
born of God. So when we hear the voice of our love, when we hear the voice of our origin, there's something in us that knows and resonates and instantly connects that that is my father speaking. There's something in us that knows that. But I think that kind of knowing that sensitivity to his voice is only sustained and deepened through intimacy, through time spent with him. So yes, we are designed to hear his voice, but if other cares come in or distractions or we just get dulled to hearing his voice because of a lack of obedience or there's so many things that could dull our sensitivity to his voice. That's why intimacy is so important. It is the chief longing of our heart to be intimate with God. And we are beckoned into intimacy by his voice. Like in Song of Songs, the bridegroom is the one that says, come away with me, arise my darling, my beautiful one. He's the one that calls us in. If you're born again, you've heard the voice of the Lord because you heard his invitation to come to him. And it's a daily coming, it's a daily response to his voice in our life. I love all the ways that Holy Spirit speaks. He's so fun and he really, he can't be boxed in in the ways that he wants to speak to us. I'm going to just highlight a few of them, but just know that this is not a complete list of the ways that he speaks. Just these are some of the ways that he's spoken to me in the past. And just to give you a grid, maybe for some of you who are wondering, you know, does God speak to me? Maybe some of these things will resonate with you. So first, this is super obvious, but the word of God, the Bible, so wonderful. If you're wanting to know what God's saying, you have a book full of his heart and his words. The word of God is so amazing. There's also just this inner knowing. Um, I've heard it called divine thought, where people just have thoughts that they know are God. It's like, there's no way I could have that thought on my own. It must be the Lord. Uh, there's a still small voice. Sometimes people literally hear the audible voice of God, which is so cool. Dreams, maybe he speaks to you in dreams in the night. Visions or like pictures in your imagination. I get, I get that happen a lot. Um, also, there's also what they call um, like feeling or discernment where you are aware of what God is doing in like you can feel things in your body or in your emotions. You're very aware of what, what God's doing in that space. That's one of the main ways that he speaks to me as well. And also God speaks to us through other people. He does this a lot, you know, through friends, through family members where they'll say something and you'll know it's the voice of the Lord for you or wow, like I've been praying into this and you just said something that helped me to realize uh, the answer to what I'm looking for. God, God created us as a body. So he'll use people around us to speak to us, which is beautiful. He can use circumstances. And those are just a few of the many, many ways that, that he speaks. But however he speaks, we just need to make sure that we, if it's actually him, it'll line up with the word of God. So he may offend our understanding 
of what the word means, but he will never contradict truth as he intends it. So um, the Bible is our foundation for interpreting what the Lord is speaking to us in any given moment. And he is so kind that he gave us the word. And another thing that I would add that is super, super important is out of intimacy in that space of one-on-one time with God, we begin to know his nature. We begin to know the tone of his voice. Like it talks about in verse five, that the, the true sheep of God won't follow the stranger's voice. In fact, they will run away from the stranger because they don't recognize that voice. And that's been huge for me to realize that there's actually three voices speaking into my inner world. One is just my own inner voice. One is the voice of the Holy Spirit. And then the other is the voice of the enemy, the voice of the accuser that wants to come in and take away anything that the Lord has sown in my heart that wants to belittle me, to target my identity, to fill me with shame and have me hide from God like he did with Adam and Eve. That changed everything to realize like, wow, not every thought is my own and I don't have to act on or believe or just go with every thought that passes through my mind. And I know that I might have just opened up something huge for for some of you and sorry I don't have time to talk about this more in depth, but I will in future. But one thing that's helpful in regards to this is knowing God's tone of voice. The voice of God never fills you with shame. It never fills you with anxiety or fear in an unhealthy way because there's the fear of the Lord. And I believe that conviction can hit your heart when you realize that something's off. But I think there's a difference between conviction that says, like when Holy Spirit highlights something and he says, hey, let's address this. It's always to empower us to live a life of holiness and righteousness. He offers us a way out. He exchanges something. There's a solution. There's there's hope. There's redemption. Whereas the voice of the accuser is belittling. It makes you feel like you're not enough. It tells you that you need to separate yourself from God until you can get yourself together. It always tries to take maybe a sin or something you're struggling with and make it your identity. Whereas God's reality is when you are born again, your old nature is dead. Yeah, you might have some sin habits, but that is not your identity anymore. Your identity is a child of God. Your identity is a new creation who's pure, holy, and blameless in the sight of God. And if you are struggling with something, the good news is you have a good father who offers you a way out. He offers you a solution. He offers you redemption. You can tell what voice has been speaking to you by the residue that it leaves behind and by the effect that it has on your your inner world and your thought life. So that's why it's so important to really get to know God so that we can get to the point where we automatically recognize and know that's the voice of my Father, the voice that's full of grace, that's full of the fruit of the Spirit, that's bent on forming me into the image of Jesus and making me holy and blameless like his son. 
Whereas this other voice that's coming with shame and fear and anxiety and accusation, I'm going to run away from that voice because that's foreign to me. It doesn't resonate in my heart like the voice of my origin, like the voice of my father, my Abba. And I feel like I should pause right now and just say, I know that th this has been a very intense time the last few years. And if any of you have been struggling in your mind or just struggling with the voice of the enemy coming in and trying to steal your joy, steal your identity, steal your destiny and tell you you're not enough or put all of this fear and anxiety. I just want you to know that the Lord has such compassion for you and he's so angry that that's happened to you. He's going to come with divine retribution and he's going to come with vengeance against those spiritual forces that are doing that to you. And I would love to pray over you right now. Jesus, I just ask that your peace and your presence would rest on minds right now. God, I ask that you would tune ears to hear your voice and that the voice of the enemy, the voice of the accuser would sound so foreign that it wouldn't even be worth the time of your children to turn aside to and listen to. God, I silence the voice of the enemy over my brothers and sisters right now in the name of Jesus. I speak peace to your minds, peace to your hearts. I speak peace over your night times when you sleep. I pray that it would be the most restful, peaceful time. And I thank you, God, that your voice is being amplified right now in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. He's so, so good. And he's fighting on your behalf. He's fighting on your behalf. And there's, there's going to be such moments of clarity, even in the next couple of hours, even in the next few days. I really believe that for those of you who are listening to this. So anyway, just to reiterate all this to say, you can hear the voice of the Lord. You are created and designed and destined to live within his voice. And here are just a few practical things that I've discovered in my own life that have really helped me tune my sensitivity to the voice of the Lord. Number one, I would ask yourself, are you following the shepherd? Are you following Jesus? Is your life lined up with him? And I'm sure you, you know if there are areas of your life where you can honestly say, you know, I, I'm really not following the Lord in this area. And I know that Jesus went this way and I went this way. And there's no shame in that realization. Just turn back to him. It's so simple. His invitation is always open. Repent of anything you need to repent of. Lay things aside. Come to Jesus and realign yourself with him. He's the good father who waits for you and there is grace. Once you align yourself back to Jesus, you're the Lord of my life. I'm not half in, half out. I am all in for you. I will be led by your voice. I will be a member of your flock. Then that, that realignment will open up his voice for you afresh. Because if we're trying to go our own way, we can't hear his voice because we're not following him. So I just encourage you to 
to follow Jesus, ask yourself, what areas am I not following him in and realign? Another thing is, as you're reading scripture, pay attention to what verses pop out at you. And I'm sure you know what I mean, where you'll be reading a scripture and suddenly this verse will just leap off the page at you. And you may not even know why, but you just know, I need to understand this verse. I need to reread it and I need to get it ingrained in in who I am. That's the leading of the Holy Spirit. And I encourage you in those moments to pause and camp out in any section of scripture that is really highlighted to you. About a, it was almost exactly a year ago. I was in John 10 for days. I just would just keep reading it and rereading it and rereading it. And that's okay. I think there are seasons where we read large quantities of scripture. And I think there are seasons where God hones our focus in to something very specific because he's really interested in us becoming something. And I think we, we only become and embody the truth from scripture by meditating on it and really going deep into the truth that he's released in his word. You can live your whole life out of some verses in the Bible. They're just so rich and full of life because the word is living and active. So pay attention to when things are highlighted. Read the Bible with the Lord. We don't read the Bible just to increase our knowledge. We read the Bible to know Jesus more and to have intimate fellowship with him. Another big thing for me in my process, and it may look different for you, but I journal a lot. And that's just one way that I steward the voice of God in my own life. I pay attention to what he's saying through the scripture, the dreams that I have at night. I pay attention to the words that other people give me from God or just themes that I notice throughout my week that, wow, God's highlighting this. And so I'm going to to focus on that. And sometimes he'll have several different threads going, if that makes sense, of different topics that he's highlighted just in themes that he's doing in my life or in the word. And then suddenly he just brings it all together and I see the big picture of what he's been doing. And he's just a master, master author. And that's one reason I adore journaling is just getting to record what he's done. And then I have my history with God on paper. I really started journaling in first year of BSSM that was four years ago. And in four years, I've filled 13 journals. And I don't say that to brag because everyone's process is different. Everyone's intimacy with the Lord is different. And and mine just happens to have journaling as a key part in my relationship with the Lord. But I say it to emphasize the fact that years ago, I wasn't even sure if I could hear the voice of God. But now I can't keep up with what he's saying. In fact, he told me, I think it was some point during second year, he said, you're not going to be able to keep up with me. <laughs> when I was trying to write down everything I felt he was saying, I was like, challenge accepted. But then I failed miserably. There's so much that I can't write down, but I just try to write down the key things. But it's been so, so fun. And there's often times where he'll say, pick up the purple journal and flip to the middle or flip here. And I'll find something that he spoke to me years ago that really 
I needed to hear now. And it's just a really beautiful part of my process. I have friends who just write notes in their phone. That's a good way to keep track of what God does. Some people also do voice memos. I have a lot of friends who dream in the night and they wake up and they'll in the middle of the night and they'll record on a voice memo the dream so that way they don't forget it by the time they wake up. It's just good stewardship. That's really a, the goal of my life is to steward well what he says because to me there's nothing more precious than the voice of God. And my pastor out here in California, Pastor Bill says we attract what we value. So to be a good steward of his voice and to attract more of his voice into my life, I need to value and take care of and live in obedience to what he's already given me because what he's given me is enough and everything that he gives us will multiply if we live in obedience, if we give it back to him. I believe that we're meant to be students and scribes of his voice. I would also encourage you to take risk and practice hearing the voice of God for the people around you. Even if you just sit in a public place and just watch people walk by and ask God, what do you think of these these people, God? What, what do you think of this person? What do you think of this man? What do you think of this woman? And just hear his heart for them. He loves speaking about his kids. Maybe ask the Lord, what scripture would be encouraging for this person? I think it's really important that if we are sharing a word with someone that we bring a word of encouragement and a word that brings life and a word that's rooted in scripture. Maybe start with a friend and say, God, I, I want to encourage my friend. What scripture are you highlighting for them today? And then give it to them and then ask for feedback. You know, does this scripture mean anything to you? Does it resonate with you at all? And then the last thing that's super, super important is prayer. So in prayer and communion and fellowship with God, we know him intimately. That's how we begin to hear his voice. But I encourage you to pray from a place of listening. In my time out here in ministry school, I took an intercession class with some of the ladies who have been on the church prayer team for years. And that was such an honor. They were such giants in the faith that most people don't even know about because they're not the people on stage, but they're behind the scenes praying things into existence. They, they're just so in tune with the Lord. And in this intercession class, these women taught us to, quote, stop praying your prayers, meaning we should stop going into prayer assuming that we know what we need or we know what we want or we even know what God wants to do. Instead, we come in to prayer from a place of listening and following the leading of Holy Spirit and say, Holy Spirit, what do you want to pray into today? Or Holy Spirit, I have this situation. Teach me how to pray in regards to this. So it switched from just talking to God, sometimes complaining at God, to a place of conversation from interaction where I listen to what God says and I say, yes, amen, and then pray in response to what he wants to pray. And that shifted everything for me. And one of my favorites, Bobby Connor, says that prayer is an audience with the king. So learning to hear his voice in the context of prayer is huge. So that's intentional 
time of just in your room alone with God prayer and also walking with him moment by moment conversational prayer. And like it talks about in John 10, 27, Jesus says, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. The first key for us is to listen to his voice. So we listen, we come into a place of knowing we know Jesus and Jesus knows us and then we follow. So we actually put action to what he tells us. All that to say, those are some helpful starting places but we're all learning. The goal isn't perfection. God cares so much more about the relationship that he's building with us than he does about us getting it right every single time. I still miss it often, but I'm better than I was. I I know God more than I did even a year ago, and I'm aware of what he's like. I'm aware of the tone of his voice. It's becoming easier and easier and effortless even to flow with Holy Spirit. Because when when you're in union with God, things that feel like your thought are sometimes Holy Spirit. It can be as simple as texting a friend and just saying, I'm thinking about you or I'm praying for you, how are you doing? And it happens to be the exact moment that they need it or bringing a word of encouragement to someone at the grocery store right in the moment where they're having a really hard day or they're stressed out or things like that. When we're in alignment with the Good Shepherd, we follow him and we begin to, like Jesus, do and say what he's saying. And that's the most fun. Holy Spirit is is the most trustworthy leader and he makes life super exciting and dynamic. You are meant to live in his voice every moment of every day. I pray that his voice would fill your world, would fill your awareness Holy Spirit, teach us how to acknowledge you. Teach us how to follow your leading. (laughs) We often don't know what we're doing, God, but you do. You're the good shepherd. We are simply sheep who follow. And I thank you, God, for the invitation to hear your voice afresh this week. And I bless you all with that. One little thing that I forgot to say earlier that I just really want to say because I think it's beautiful. In... The Passion Translation, I was reading John 10, and in the footnote, it points out that Jesus is the good shepherd, he's the gate, and he's the pasture. (laughs) So he's the one that leads us through the gate, and he's the gate, and he's the pasture, he's the promised land, he's the wide, spacious place that we get to enter into. I just think it's gorgeous that he's all three of those things. And it just reiterates the fact that the the end of following his voice is intimacy. It's rest. It's abiding in his love. It's just enjoying the safety and the wide open space of his heart. So I bless you all and encourage you to explore that open space as you follow the shepherd's voice this week. Thank you so much for listening.